0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Make Others Successful, a podcast where we aim to make you successful in your workplace and then make others successful and others successful and on and on and on. I'm joined with Matt and Mike here today. My name is Mitch, by the way. Uh, Today we have a topic that might be a little divisive in the title, but there's a lot of nuance around it and we want to explore some of that and dig into some of the reasons. The topic is why we are no longer a Microsoft partner. So we still do Microsoft work. We love Microsoft. We love their tools and we help a lot of organizations use them. But we're not a Microsoft partner anymore and we were before. That's not to say we won't ever be or things might not change in the future. But today, as of right now, we have chosen not to and we want to dig into why and just have a conversation around that. So before we go into those reasons, why don't we share a little bit about like what is a Microsoft partnership and like why might someone want one
1: just yeah. to fill someone in who might not know? Well, let's let's be really specific. Why did we become a Microsoft partner in the first place, right? Yeah. So, the Microsoft partnership program is a program for Microsoft to for them to identify and recognize individuals who are experts in their technology and is a way for them to identify partners that they can recommend to customers and is a way for you to get a bunch of support from Microsoft, basically. And that means software. You know, you're talking thousands of dollars of software. You're talking about uh, sales resources. So guides and branding and this type of thing. Support tickets that you can, you know, open with Microsoft and, and potentially get support from them, et cetera. Like there's lots of things that you can get from them. Specific to us, the reason we became a Microsoft partner is primarily to save money you know, the software packages that we're buying, we had a small number of people at the time, four or five people, and between, you know, Office 365 subscriptions, developer tools, subscriptions, et cetera, especially when it came to developer tools, you know, you got a, got a very significant discount. And at the time, all you really had to do is have a couple people certified and that's it. Um, Microsoft also wanted some recommendations from customers, but it was, you know, customers love us. Like we, we can, that's not a huge deal. So it's not a big lift for us to do. And the value uh, was there. And and again, how it used to work is because part of the reason, part of the story is about the change. So how it used to work is you paid a certain amount for the subscription. You had what were called competencies, which is that you have certifications in a specific uh, a particular area or multiple areas. And that when you get enough things in the right buckets, it gets you the ability to be certified. And we were certified silver. So we were. there's multiple levels. There's gold and there's silver. And we were certified as a silver partner. As that partner, uh, you know, we did it for three, four years. I think, you know, we really truly only benefited from the software end of things. Yeah, so. so
2: one of the other reasons that people or organizations become a partner is because it cozies you up to Microsoft. And Microsoft will use partners as go-to vendors for yeah. large implementations for some other strategic clients. And we have worked for other companies in the past where we have been involved through that mechanism or through that channel. But we really, uh, in our circumstances, we weren't taking advantage of that
1: at all, really. Well, we uh, to, so the way that works, just to give some more detail to people, primarily Microsoft has funding that they can spend on customers, premier customers primarily, large customers, where they say, if you're gonna adopt this technology which is gonna result in subscriptions and payments to Microsoft, we'll put in 50,000, $100,000 on a project to help you implement that or to get that going. And when they do that, they only can select gold level partners in a lot of those cases, right? Um, Sometimes you could do a silver depending on the size and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times if they're gonna spend their money, they want a gold certified partner. And so that money is available to that pool of people. And so what happens there is, a salesperson or someone else at Microsoft identifies a need, they go and find either a local partner, a partner that other people would recommend to them. And they say, Hey, we're going to engage. And then they present to the customer. And then the customer comes back and says, yes, I like it. And then Microsoft ends up paying the partners, ultimately what happens. And so, but that funding is one way. The other way is, you know, when a Microsoft salesperson is working with a customer. They might go look online in their suite of people and look for a gold certified partner in their area for their customer that says, "You should work with these people." Right. So that's largely when you talk about cozying up. That's what our experience has been. Like we've, I've done work under a consulting agency for Microsoft's either consulting services or, or Microsoft as an as this funding option. You know, we're pretty familiar with how some of that stuff works, and it can be a benefit. I mean, you can be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. in business, and then assuming the customer likes what you did for them, you know you could be talking about even more, a long-term relationship with the customer.
0: Cool, so I think that sets a good premise of what Microsoft partnership is, what it means for someone who might pursue it, but it didn't make sense for us. And so let's dig into a couple of the reasons why we have decided to not re-up on
1: our partnership. Yep. I don't know that any of these are in like any order of priority or, sure. or preference for us this decision for us not to be one is a culmination of probably a lot of different things. Yep. So just to set the stage with that.
0: The first one is, we don't necessarily like the work that it brings or maybe the arrangement that we would have to work under in order to take the work that we would get from Microsoft, right?
1: We talked a little bit about how that arrangement works, how you get business from Microsoft. A lot of that work, how that work works, is Microsoft has already worked with a customer and identified a potential solution they need somebody who knows the technology to deliver that solution. Very infrequently are they bringing you in to have a holistic view of a customer and propose a solution for that customer or work with that customer to identify something. There's lots of reasons for that. Like that's it's, it's not a knock on Microsoft. Uh, it's, it's a function of how that relationship all works. Like you're talking about a salesperson or a contact within Microsoft who is technology-focused and technology, their ecosystem is their thing that they're working with, and a customer who is engaging with them to find a partner that would be doing something else. That's a really awkward arrangement to sit there and say, hey, I'm not sure that this is the right solution. Let's go back and talk about this right. holistically about like what are you trying to do, and let's reset. It creates right? like a cart-before-the-horse situation sometimes.
2: Cart-before-the-horse, bef- but also the person who's, coming in and defining that solution in the first place isn't really on the hook for implementing it. And so sure. then the implementer comes along and says, whoa, what did I get myself into? Yeah. Right, And and in the end, there's a lot of interesting, maybe uh, bad feelings about the whole situation because the end game was, well, I need to sell X more licenses of this right. tool or this platform. And if as long as we accomplish that goal, whatever the investment is for whatever the solution is, it
0: really doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's the typical salesman just wants to close the deal, and so they want to get it over the finish line.
1: Today, Today's Microsoft, I think, is a significantly better in that regard, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because the way they're doing everything is by subscription and by change in licensing. So I think it has changed the game a little bit about how they work with that. And so I don't think it is it is still a problem. It's not necessarily as big of a problem as it once was. I would tell you that I have been on, on projects where a technology was sold as the end all be all and by the time someone like me gets involved for, from an implementation perspective you pretty much can't go back like somebody's already agreed microsoft's already paying the bill the customer has an outcome if you don't deliver on the outcome microsoft's not going to pay your organization because the customer is not happy and the customer doesn't know what they were really asking for and microsoft or or i say microsoft but someone in the sales process identified this technology as being the right solution and it's not the right solution. And so you bend and contort the technology to fit their need because you need to make them happy when what you really want to say is, this is a bad idea, you should use something else.
2: Yeah, that sets up uh, incredible misalignment mm-hmm. from the front end to the back end, right? And the, we've, we've seen it go sideways
1: yeah. a lot. And the last thing I'll say is that most of the time those projects are, many times they're just looking for hands to do the things that they want to do. And the rates for doing hands work like that aren't in alignment with what we do, right? We don't have a suite, of we don't use offshore developers. We don't have a suite of 50 people that we're trying to just plug their daily work uh, Passless, with, with stuff, yes. right? We're engaged in trying to deliver outcomes for customers, right? We're trying to understand what they're trying to accomplish and deliver on their outcomes, whatever that takes on our side, right?
0: right. So when that's littered with, ooh, can we sell more licenses or can we use this technology to do this? It just feels a little disingenuous and we like to not operate on those starting assumptions.
1: The big thing that I would say is when it is to make this happen, we need to migrate uh, 50,000 mailboxes. I don't have someone that I'm just going to sit down and say, you're going to migrate 50,000 mailboxes for $300 an hour because that's what they're willing to do. And we're not in the business of just subcontracting out somebody that's just going to do that. That's just not what we do. That, and that doesn't mean that we wouldn't take a large project or we wouldn't be engaged with somebody. If we're have if we involved with somebody from a strategic level about modernizing their workplace, and one of the things that has to happen is that, we'll be happy to engage with someone. But we don't traditionally get involved in an engagement where it's like, I just need you to move these things from A to B, and that's all I need you to do. Yeah,
2: And we like to be involved early as well because then that gives us the opportunity to not only help define the outcome and how it takes shape, but also we're on the hook for delivery. And I don't like having to deliver something that someone else promised, right? I like to deliver things that I promised sure. uh, because it just works better. Um, and so to the extent that we can do that, uh, that's what we like to do.
0: So the next one is having a Microsoft partnership makes things appear as though they are apples to apples when uh, potential customers may be looking for a vendor, or someone to help them with Microsoft work, and they go look up Microsoft Partners. Everyone typically either is on a level playing field or they like list how many certifications they have, which we'll talk about certifications in a minute, but that typically doesn't align with how we work, right? Like like we uh, it, it's difficult to say apples to apples. the, the way
1: that I would d- describe it is it's very difficult for an organization our size to have a real impact from a differentiation perspective right the truth of the matter about this stuff is it either happens that someone knows someone that's a gold partner that they like and that's the person they use or that person is unavailable or something else and they go look in the list and they pick the first gold partner that's in the area and that's the one they go try to use right or they look that up and find five of them and then try to find customers to to, that they try to go talk to that did the work. It's very difficult to differentiate yourself in a, as an organization our size uh, in that marketplace. Number one, we'd have to be gold partner, which we weren't gold partner to begin with. To be gold partner, we would have had to have more people certified in more areas. In addition, the other challenge we have is we work across a lot of different technologies within Microsoft and having one certification in an area, but not in another can make you have challenges with getting a project that's in that other area, right? These organizations that have five, 600 people, it's pretty easy to have three people that are certified in all of these areas and then be like, cool, I I can now get work in all those areas, right? So it's, it's challenging to differentiate yourself. So for me, it's not like I think that we saw lots of people look at us and go, well, you're just the same as somebody else that's a silver partner we just weren't getting any leads from Microsoft. Like, And the reason for that is, and that's, it's, I'll take that back actually, we actually did get quite a few leads from Microsoft. There were a number of Microsoft salespeople who were involved in large projects that we were involved in that would love to give us more work, but we weren't gold certified, right? And in addition, the work that they did want to give us, like we talked about before, isn't super great. But that wasn't, we. we got those opportunities not because we were a gold partner or a silver partner, we got those things because of the work that we do, the good work that we do, the reality of our working relationship with customers, not because we were listed in Microsoft's list of bank of hundreds of thousands of Microsoft partners.
2: I think when you talk about the apples to apples comparison, why don't we just say that like the reality is the certifications and that comparison boils all of those organizations down to be basically commoditized services.
0: Last thing, I just want to quickly speak to my experience working with Microsoft partner and that that partnership implies a promise of some sort of quality or competency or something from from that vendor and i just spent hours and hours and hours cleaning up code from a microsoft partner and it was not good it was like someone was in a poor position that something had Exactly what we were talking about. Something had been sold that they weren't competent at, and it ended up producing a not great outcome, and it went live on a big intranet, and it did not do well. Like, we needed to jump and and fix it. So fortunately, we did that, but that, like, implied promise, I was a little bit let down by it, I guess. Does that make sense? Well,
2: and in that case, I'm familiar with that scenario. The services that were provided were a commodity.
1: Yes. uh, And in particular that is an example of an organization that has hundreds of people but only has probably 10 15 people that are certified. If you get someone that is not certified like that person in particular, I am confident was not certified in what they were doing. The and there's no and there's no way the the the, pro, the the partner program does not protect against that.
2: Every business needs to communicate well to keep leadership, managers and employees connected. We've gathered together strategies and tactics into the internal communication guidebook. These are the same we use when we're advising clients. Cut through the noise and improve your workplace. Available to order now. You'll find that at viaworkplace.com. That's viaworkplace.com. Now, back to our conversation.
0: Okay, so apples to apples, not our favorite thing. We've been alluding to certifications a little bit. Let's talk about what certifications mean to us and kind of the nuance around that. The point is that certifications, while they do prove that, you know, some level of technology and you can answer questions correctly, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to solve business problems with these tools. you want to dig into that a little bit more?
2: Yeah. I I think um, uh, like I mentioned, I have a certification. Mine is BizTalk server of all things. Like years ago, I, I picked that up. Right. And, I like the fact that I have it. It proves that I have knowledge in that in that platform, and I'm proud of that. But from a business standpoint, I don't care. I don't do biz talk work anymore. Right. I haven't done it for years. Yeah. Um. And I don't really care to do it, to be honest with you.
1: Just to be clear, he is now doing a little bit of biz talk work, and it's all the same. <laughs> like he's like right in there, knowing all of it.
0: Yeah. 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 That's true. you are definitely not. If you're like, oh, Mike knows biz talk.
1: Let's yeah, go talk we're, to Bob Digital. We're not. <laughs> but that's not what it means. No.
0: No. But I. But I'm.
2: As I mentioned, I'm proud of having it, right? Yep. So I'm proud. At one point in my life, I accomplished a goal and I I acquired that credential. And so to the extent that I have free time on my hands to go get another one, I would pursue a couple more. But it's a question of having time, right? Sure. Like we're, we're pretty busy, but having having one in your pocket to say, I I know this and I achieved this, uh, that's a pretty cool thing to have.
0: Sure. Yeah. We were proud of like our delivery lead. She got Scrum Master certified right? that like that having those couple SCM after your name is, is cool. Like it makes you feel good because, because you know your stuff and it's a public display of that. So, right. Yeah, any other thoughts on, I, n- I know you have lots of thoughts are on we, certifications. Uh, we're, we're
1: talking about certification now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is certifications are hugely valuable for an individual and for someone who is looking to hire an individual sure. at an organization it doesn't it's, it doesn't it loses some of its value because the question becomes, am I working with the person that's certified at your organization? right? And when you get into that game, it gets into, well, n- I, now I need a project that tells me who's going to be on the project, right? Um, and oh, great, I got I have a project that that I'm having, I have five people on it and they're all certified. but now that company is being penalized because they can't use any of their other employees that aren't certified yet. And now I got to get all of them certified. And oh, by the way, my certifications go out every three years, and they've got to get recertified. And they really, if, they, if they're a multi-talented individual and they're doing work on seven different product products, they need to be certified in all seven different things. And guess what? That's they're going to be doing nothing but certifying the whole time they're they're here. Right? It's it's a challenge. As Mike said, I think there's a place for certifications. I've I would recommend people who are technical people looking to get into the space and prove that they have the knowledge, like. I don't, I, I've not worked in that space before, but I wanna be able to prove it. A certification is a great way to do it. As it relates to companies and companies working with each other, uh, certifications is only one piece of it. Like what you said, the why behind it is also, like Microsoft has certifications that actually talk a little bit to that. They've added, that's an area that they've identified as a problem, and over the last probably three, five years, they've added certifications that get into, you know, more business analyst style uh, roles, but then you need somebody that's certified in that right? Like uh, great, you're a gold partner. that's awesome. And your gold partner in SharePoint, that's awesome. but you don't have anybody that's certified in you know functional, I forget what they call it, but there's another certification for like business analyst style stuff, right? So then I need both. like I, I don't it's it's just it's very difficult to have that conversation. And what matters more for us and what matters, I think more to our customers is that we as a business stand behind what the engagements that we put in place and the outcomes that we're committed to. Like what matters to our customers is outcomes that we're going to give to them by implementing technology and implementing our thought leadership in how to go about implementing that technology for them.
2: I think the one other thing I would say in recognizing that certifications are beneficial from a personal standpoint is that if you're an organization and you're thinking about maintaining or holding on to some sort of partnership with Microsoft Gold Certified or whatever that is, you have to realize that, well, those certifications are personal and they're tied to the individual. And you if that's something you want to pursue now you have to build into your recruiting strategy the ability to maintain and hold on to a certain number Number. and level of certified people right in the right things in order for you to maintain that partnership and that's extremely difficult to do uh, in today's world where people are moving around so much it's very difficult for us to do because we're such a small organization right it's not like we have tons of people where we can you know have a bench of people and have an overabundance of certified people right so that's a very difficult thing to manage, and that's one of the reasons that it was difficult for us. Uh,
1: especially if you're not good at taking tests. Quite frankly, I'm not great at taking tests. Uh, I'm not good at memorizing stuff. I'm good at figuring stuff out. I am not good at memorizing stuff, uh, especially if in the context of a test. So, you know, this is a test. Like, a certification is a test. To, to be clear, it's not like a course that you took and you have homework that gets graded. You have a hour and a half long proctored test and with multiple choice questions, and multiple multiple choice questions, and that's what it is. Um, and so, people who are really good at taking tests will get certified, no problem. Like, it's really easy for them. Um, I have been certified, I can be get certified, I know a lot about a lot of these things, right? But it's difficult for me, like personally, right? Yeah. Because I'm not a good test taker.
0: Well, I'll certify you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Bulb digital, stamp of approval. Okay, so, certifications, good in certain contexts, Not necessarily from a deliverable outcome perspective outside of those couple that you were talking about.
1: Let's bring it back to us, right? Because this is about us, right? For us, probably the most relevant people to get certified would be us. I already said I'm not good at taking tests. I do have certifications, several of them have lapsed in over the course of time.
0: But you don't really have certifications. Yeah, so. tr-
1: currently I am not certified <laughs> in anything and it would be a big burden to our business for me to go spend that time. Yeah. Like we are spending time on our thought leadership in spaces and that is where my time is best spent today. If I could hire five people that were certified that also meet met the bulb standard of employees, I would hire them and we would have that problem solved right? Our problem is that's not who's available to us to come work for us right now. We, we don't have those people available to us as an option to be brought in and, and work. So I think that goes to say at one point we had a few people that
0: were certified yep. and that was great because we had them learn about something and prove that they could do it. And it, it was educational and some sort of like training um, aspect went into it and that was good. Okay. So the fourth reason why we're no longer Microsoft partner is it became a little bit of a score game. It became a, a quantity game that they changed some metrics that they're keeping track of in order to keep your partnership. Do you want to talk a little bit more about
1: that? There was a number of things. Certifications was one thing. Another piece was, and there's multiple ways. It's a complex system, so it's not like there's any one thing. But the, for us in particular, we had to have certifications in a particular area. You had to pay the money, and then you uh, usually you have to have some sort of recommendation from customers which is all well and good. But Microsoft's problem with that is that what are you as a partner doing for Microsoft? Like, What value are they getting out of your work as a partner? How can they gauge and do a better job of judging what's going on? right? And their solution to that problem was to say, everybody's going to the cloud. You need to be a partner of record for a particular thing. Being a partner of record means that you're tied to a number of seats and they can track the growth of that. So, for example, if we get tied to a partner as a partner record in SharePoint for a customer or in Power Platform for a customer, and that customer goes from having zero licenses to having 500 licenses, that reflects well on me. Turn it Microsoft. I mean, it, it does. Like, from a Microsoft perspective, I am engaging their end users and giving them, a, presumably, an experience that they are enjoying and using. Or you're just right? a good
0: sales guy. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit.
1: In the world where you have uh, cloud services that people are paying month to month, it's very easy for a customer to say, it is no longer valuable for me and I'm not going to buy it anymore, which would also reflect poorly on me, yes. right? Like it's not the same as it was before where I signed somebody in for a five-year contract for everybody I'm trying to get on a five-year contract to do this thing. It's much more, if I have these people and I see the growth, I must be doing something good for that customer. Yes, you're right that there are nuances to all of that, but it's way better than nothing, which is what Microsoft had before. It was very difficult to really track that and and get the detail of it. It also matches better with how they're compensating their salespeople, as I understand it, which is based on new subscriptions and all of that. But that change creates a situation where you as a partner have to be asking customers, to put you in their system as a partner of record, which can be a very weird thing to do, number one. And number two, for us in particular, you know, we've had engagements with customers where they're engaged with a managed service vendor that is doing managed IT and is a partner record on a bunch of stuff, even though they're providing zero real guidance. All they're really doing is the guy that they you know pick up the phone and password reset and, oh, you have a breaking issue with this thing, I'm gonna help you. We're engaged strategically helping them use these products. But now the customer has to choose which partner of record they want to have be this partner of record. Now Microsoft has lots of different ways that they slice their product categories up so that you can have partners of records for lots of little things. But it's it's a difficult thing for us to manage. And quite frankly, it was on my plate to do. We investigated, we said, hey, should we really do it? It's overwhelming to have to figure out how to do it with the customer. And it's very intimidating to have that open conversation with the customer when you're at our scale, right? When... You're engaging with executive teams about how they use technology within their organizations. And then to be like, hey, also, by the way, I'd like to be the partner of record for Viva Connections or for, you know, whatever the thing so I can get my credits so right. that I can get my my pieces so I can get my partnership. It's challenging, right? And it's unfortunate. I understand why they do it the way they do it. It makes complete sense. I wish there was a different way. I wish... I wish there wasn't so much onus on the customer, but honestly, that's part of the point. If the customer is not willing to say that you help them do this, they shouldn't put you on, right? It's no different than when we ask for recommendations. Like, yeah. uh, it's from a concept perspective. Like, there are differences in the details, but the intent is very similar. If somebody is willing to take the step to figure out how to make this happen and make it happen for you, they like you. And if they like you, that means I might want to use you again for another customer because you'd had a good outcome with this customer. Like yeah. that is, that's part of the intent, right? It's not the only intent. It's not the only situation that's going on, but this is what I'm going to do.
2: I'm going to get us added as partner of record to all of the customers that I'm working with. And then that roadblock will be eliminated. And the only roadblock to our gold partnership will be your lack of certification.
1: My, my <laughs> lack of certification. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you were to do that, we would probably solve the certification. Like back to the original, the thing we talked about originally, I don't think it's any one of these things that we talked about that is was like, it's not like any one of them is so bad that we would never do it. It's a culmination of all of these things. It's it's more difficult
2: to manage than it used to be.
1: Yeah, for us, for a company our size, like some, I know several companies, they have a Microsoft partner manager like that just manages the relationship with Microsoft because Microsoft is a big way that they get business. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, it's not the reality for us. If we had been able to figure out some of the engagements that we've, we've talked about in the past, and it was the right fit and the right type of relationship and everything else, we'd probably bend over backwards to make it happen. Cause I'd want to keep using like being in an engagement. We just haven't had that success. And so when you think about the cost of licenses, et cetera, versus the, rest of the things and if that's the only benefit we're getting really so think about that scenario
2: where you just rewrote a bunch of code mitch if we had been gold certified at that time we probably we we would have been in line to write that the first time and it would have been done right the first time shoot shoot
1: yeah yeah and it would have been a better outcome for everyone
0: i'll speak to my only gripe with it is when you were sharing the news with me about this change was it felt like it became a game of scorecard where it was like keeping track of how many flows we were building, how many apps we were building. And that's not how we work with our customers. Like, yes, inherently we'll be building apps and flows and all those good things and, and helping in that way. But I don't want to be incented to do more like from a quantity game. Like build, build flows for the sake of building. Flows. Right. It's right. not, it's, it's, yeah. it's yeah, I again, mean it,
1: disingenuous. It is a challenge. It's also, but it's also a challenge of the role that we play. So I think it makes the way they're doing it now makes a lot of sense for people who are selling software licenses. Which it's the same for them. Like if you're if you're selling software licenses, they use different metrics, whatever. But like you get points for the licenses that people continue to maintain and how much they go up and how much they go down. And it makes a lot of sense because for every license, I'm making a cut, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm the reseller. I'm getting a piece of that pie. And so I'm already naturally incented that that way. So cool. It all makes sense. For someone who is modernizing people's workplace using this technology, my goals are not to get more licenses than what they currently have used. My goal is to, in many cases, get them to be able to use the licenses they already have. But there's not a good way to measure that. Remember, Because even year over year, as I understand it, which again, we don't know everything about it, they also trail off. So just because I sold somebody and am a partner record on somebody from five years ago that has 500 licenses, that doesn't mean anything in a couple years, which again, I understand why Microsoft is doing that because they want to find partners that are able to drive sales for them and their adoption of their things. And there's not a good way to go. These people would have stopped paying for my licenses if it wasn't for you. Like, that's a hard thing to identify.
2: I want to know whatever happened to the old Microsoft slogan, do more with less. <laughs>
1: I don't know how well, that applies to this.
2: Because they just want more licenses oh. as time goes on.
0: More apps, more we, flows. When we
2: show up, we wow. honestly try to like figure out what can we do with the status quo. If you need a little bit more, we'll figure out what that is. But how much more can we do with what you got?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the interesting thing for us in when we think about thought leadership, and I thought about this a little bit, is that I think I am personally gelling around if you are bought into Microsoft, I think there is a minimum level of licensing uh, that makes sense. And I think there's like a couple different tiers because the other end of it is like, I'm not going to go into a business and go, you're paying for all these stuff, but oh, for like a Power Platform license, but you could just do it on SharePoint. Let's just flip it all to SharePoint if they're doing some major business integration, right? So it's not quite all that simple, but I think you are right in your, the perception that is there. And it may be even reality, which is, I just want you to buy more and more and more and more and more.
2: Yeah. And we will always have the conversation with the customer. If it comes down to a question of value and do I want to spend money on licenses or do I want to spend money on implementation? Like we're pretty good at having that conversation with them about, well, you know, what is this going to do for you? We want to suss out the value to help you Evaluate the ROI, like because if it doesn't make sense doing, like keep doing it the old way. That's okay.
1: Right? Well, and quite frankly, a lot of our a lot of the challenges we have with customers is that they think I bought this license and it can do everything for me out of the box. And it's like not really. Like you still have to put some skin in the game. You still have to like. It's not the end all be all. It is a license for a piece of software, not yeah, in the in the, the solution
2: in the Microsoft stack in particular. Is there like none of it is really line of business software, right? So you're not buying something it's off the shelf. It's not vertically aligned. Yeah, it's not vertically yeah. aligned. So anything that you purchase, license-wise, like yeah, there's going to be some things that are nice and built in and you can use, but chances are you're going to have to connect a few of those things, change a few of those things. But to it's not make the it same as buying. It's
1: not the same as buying a f- financial services uh, Suite. product that right. is NetSuite for or something. your yeah. business, your line of business, and right. the way you work. That's right. Anyways, we got off topic a little bit. Yeah,
0: I think I'll start to close us down a little bit and review the four things that we talked about for the reasons why we, in particular, are not Microsoft partners anymore. The first is we don't necessarily like the work that it brings or the arrangement that we have to work with under. Second is it makes things appear to be apples to apples with all the vendors. Third is certifications are great at proving, you know, technology, not necessarily how to apply it to business. And then fourth, it became a quantity game. It became something that felt like we were on some sort of scoreboard that we needed to keep ticking up in order to keep our certification. We, I think we covered it pretty well. There's a lot of nuance to this topic, and I want to make sure that, again, we're not bad-mouthing anything. It's, all of it is done for good reason, and it works well for a lot of people. It just didn't work for us.
2: And I would say check back with us in a year, yeah, and maybe. we'll
0: discuss this again and see if anything's changed. Cool. So hopefully that was helpful to anyone listening, kind of the ins and outs of Microsoft partnership, maybe if you're considering it. So thanks for listening. And thanks guys for the conversation. Thanks, Mitch.
1: Yep.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app, so you'll always be up to date on the most recent episodes. This podcast is hosted by the team members of Bulb Digital, Special thanks to Eric Veneman for our music tracks. If you have any questions for us, head to makeothersuccessful.com, and you can get in touch with us there. You'll also find a lot of blogs and videos and content that will help you modernize your workplace and get the most out of Office 365. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.